0: More of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. It is a Wednesday, November 14th, right? Wednesday, November 14th. Yes, indeed, here in 2018, here in studio headquarters in uh, North Atlanta, Georgia. So we're going to talk about capital gain distributions and what you need to do now to start watching out, because a lot of people are ignorant about how mutual funds work, and uh, and ignorance is not bliss when it comes to filing your ten forty. Let me just share with you that real quick, and we'll, we've done some videos on this. We'll do a, a couple more as well. I'm talking about specific mutual fund companies: Vanguard, American Funds, Fidelity. Diving into some USA. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be bad this year. So if you're not uh, aware, well, listen to this podcast, and you certainly will be. So. Let's dive right into it. So yesterday, I got an email from Vanguard that talks about their capital gain distributions. Actually, let's just go bring them up, as a matter of fact. Um, I'll tell you what, bear with me just a second. I'm going to bring up the Vanguard. I'll tell you what, I got Fidelity up here. We'll just start with Fidelity. So a mutual fund, how it works. A mutual fund, you pay capital gain distributions. If you buy a fund for $100 a share and you sell that fund at $110 you're going to pay $10 in capital gains, all right? Just like if you buy an individual stock and you sell it for $110, if you buy it for $100, you're going to pay $10 in capital gain. Now, the capital gain uh, tax amount is the contingent on if you held it for a year or less. If you held it for over a year, is long-term capital gain, which is taxed at 0 15%, 20 or 23.8%, depending on your tax bracket. If you held it for less than a year, it is always taxed as ordinary income. So ideally, you've held it for longer than a year. That's how capital gains work. All right. Now, at the end of the day, though, I got $100 in a mutual fund. I bought a mutual fund for $100, and it's worth $110 right now. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean if I sold it, I'd have to pay tax on the $10 capital gain. Because if I was receiving distributions throughout the time I own that, either dividends or capital gains or a combination thereof, and those dividends and/or capital gain distributions were being reinvested. I now have maybe a, I don't have a ten dollar gain. I might have more than ten. I mean, I might have less than ten dollars because I've already paid tax. I know it's confusing, but remember, every year dividends and/or capital gains could be distributed from your mutual fund to you, which is taxable to you as and uh, that tax in the year that you receive the distribution. Again, this is not for IRAs or Roth or 401ks, this is for taxable accounts. So if you receive a 1099, that is a taxable distribution, and you will have had to pay tax on it, which will, what, what that will do is it'll increase your cost basis. So for instance, I bought for 100, over the course of the two years I owned it, I got $3 in capital gain and dividend distributions. That means my cost basis is 103. So I bought for 100, I got $3 of distributions in which I pay tax on it. My cost basis is one oh three. If I sell that property for $110, my capital gain is 7 It's not $10. It's 7 because I already paid $3 in taxes on uh, the distributions, capital gains, and or dividends I've received up to that point. And that's, so that's how mutual funds are taxed. So literally those three things. You pay the tax when you sell it for a gain, but you also pay the tax when you don't sell, but the mutual fund manager that you hired sells a gain inside the portfolio. And if he or she pays a dividend. All right. So this is how this works. So a lot of people don't realize that because a lot of people, frankly, most of their money is in IRAs, and IRAs don't have any of this because it's all tax deferred. Regardless of when, where well received, it doesn't matter. It's all tax deferred. Taxable accounts are not tax deferred, which means you do pay ca- tax on it. Now, a lot of people probably only fill out the taxes, right? And that will be problematic if you ever get audited. The likelihood of you be audited is quite small. Uh, so I'm not telling you don't do it, but just if you're ignorant about this and you've never been audited, well, okay, just be advised. Now you know. All right, so now what happens is a mutual fund will also, like I said, have a capital gain distribution. So let's just look at you know, the very first one on the Fidelity list is the Fidelity Index 500 fund. The index 500 fund, as trading as of September 30th, uh, 2018, of $102 per share. And per share is going to issue a 32 cent uh, capital gain distribution. All right. So if you have one share and you have a value of fidelity at that one share is 102.26, to be precise, you're going to get 32 cents of a capital gain distribution. So we take that 0.32. Divide that by 102.26, and we have a distribution of well less than 1%, one-third of 1%. So not anything to write home about. It's just not that big of a deal. A couple of things I do want to point out. If it's an ETF, it doesn't work like that. ETFs don't have that distribution because ETFs are, have a different mythology of how they're structured, which is wonderful. So I've heard a couple occasions where people say, "Oh, uh, index funds uh, tax the same way as ETFs," and the answer is simply not true, as we can see right now with Fidelity. One guy was saying maybe the Vanguard ETFs uh, index funds are taxed uh, differently, and that might be true of the way Vanguard is structured in terms of the ownership stake. It's owned by its shareholders. Maybe they have some kind of different mechanism in which to avoid taxation on index funds relative to their uh, actively managed portfolios, I I simply do not know. But I do know that ETFs don't have to pay tax like the uh, index fund that we're talking about here. So just at the end of the day, you got a one-third of 1% distribution in long-term capital gains on the Fidelity 500 index fund. All right, well, let's keep going down. So again, look at the Fidelity portfolio, and we'll say, hmm, well, here's the uh, capital appreciation fund. The capital appreciation fund has a $3.75% dividend or capital gain distribution. And the NAV, the share price, is $40.10 at the end of September. So, what we do is we take $3.75, divide that by $40.10. That means 9.3% of the entirety of the portfolio is going to be distributed as a capital gain. All right, three nine point three percent. So, for simplicity, if I have a hundred thousand dollars in there, I will pay. I will get a capital gain distribution of nine thousand three hundred fifty dollars. Uh, that's fun, but it doesn't even end there. Of the distribution amount, a certain percentage is short-term capital gain, which in this case three point seven. Bear me just a second. Point 0.58 divided by three point seven five. 15% is short-term capital gain. So, of that $9,300, 15% is short-term capital gain. Basically, uh, $1,400 will be taxes ordinary income, all right? So, you can see now, we're starting to see a pretty significant capital gain distribution of roughly 9000 to $10,000. And a part of that capital gain, a pretty good amount of that, 15%, will be taxes ordinary income because it's short-term capital gain. Uh, but the hits don't just stop there, all right. So we got thirty dollars and seventy-five cents per share capital gain distribution as of thirty September on a share price of forty ten. But if we go to see what the Fidelity Capital Gain Distribution, Fidelity Capital Appreciation Fund is trading at today, it's thirty six nineteen. All right. So now we go back to Fidelity and we say, huh, uh, thirty six nineteen is a share price three point seven five divided by thirty six point nineteen which means 10.36% of that amount is distributed as capital gain, which means if I have $100,000 in there, $10,361 is coming back to me as a taxable income for capital gains. Of that $10,316, about 1600 of that is coming back to me as short-term capital gains. So if I have $100,000 in the Fidelity Capital Appreciation Amount, guess what? Uh, over $10,000 is going to be taxable to me as capital gains. And a portion of that will be taxable to me as ordinary income, too. Not good. Um, and what will happen is that that's if the markets continue to go down and the distribution amount stays the same at 3.75, the distribution amount will be higher and higher and higher. Because all that matters is how much is it distributing per share at 375 doesn't matter what the share price is. It just matters how many shares you own. So if you have 100 shares, you're going to get 3.75 times 100 shares. You're going to get $375 as a capital gain distribution, regardless of what the share price is. And that's the funny thing is because if the share price drops to 20, you're going to get $375.00. Regardless of it's at twenty, regardless if it's at hundred. But if it's at twenty, it's gonna be a whole lot more of a percentage of your total portfolio is gonna come back to you in terms of a capital gain distribution, which can be kind of frightening. So let's just keep going down the path here. And I'm again looking at Fidelity, we see the discipline equity fund is gonna have four dollars and eleven cents as a capital gain distribution, of which 0.68, of which of that. of short-term capital gain. Yikes. Uh, That's a pretty significant amount. That means one-eighth of the distribution is coming back as short-term capital gain. Zoics. Ooh, here's Fidelity Europe Fund. 2.94 is coming as a uh, long-term capital gain, of which 93 cents, 94 cents to be exact, is coming as short-term capital gain. 32% of the Fidelity Europe Fund is coming as a short-term capital gain. Right now, Fidelity Europe Fund is trading at, let's take a look, Fidelity Europe Fund, let's see what it's trading at, Uh, 37.68, 37.68, 2.94, about 37.68, 7.8% is the distribution amount, of which uh, 31%, so 3% of the NAV. Is coming back to me as a short-term capital gain tra- tax as ordinary income, yikes! So if we have, let's just say four percent. So if I have a hundred thousand dollars in that portfolio, four thousand is going to be distributed to me, taxable as ordinary income. That's a, that's a pretty big deal, All right. So let's keep going down here. <coughs> Excuse me. We got uh, I'm looking at obviously can't see so what I'm looking at. Well, let's see here. There's a couple of selected funds I wanted to talk about here because they had a pretty significant capital gain distributions as well. All right, so now we're going to go down, uh, let's see, that's not that big of a deal. A lot of the funds don't have much. International Discovery, 1.29 is their dividend distribution on a share price of 44.41. Not a significant amount, but it is taxable as ordinary income. Uh right, taxable as long-term capital gain. Small, international Small Cap Fund, let's take a look. That's uh, 97 cents per share is coming out as dividend distribution, a uh, dividend capital gain distribution. And it is trading at 28.74, but national, bear with me just a second, Fidelity International Small Cap Fund. Let's see here. And we're going to see what's trading at today, 26.47. So 26.47, 90 cents, seven cents coming out of that, 26 divided by 26.47. Uh, eh, not much. Three point six percent is coming out as a uh, as a long term capital gain. Not that's not that much. That's not horrific. But if we go down here to the selected accounts, and that's when it starts getting quite painful, my friends. Uh, bear with me just a second. There's a mid cap stock fund, a pretty significant one there. Two mid cap stock, eh, about six percent dividend or capital gain distributions. And then we keep going down uh, the municipal bond funds. Not much. Uh, I was looking all right here. We go select banking. All right, so here we go. For instance, a select banking, three dollars and seventy-eight cents is coming out as uh capital gain. Fidelity select banking, fidelity, uh, select banking right there. Let's see what that guy is doing. It's trading right now at 31 uh, 17, so it's down uh 3.78. Divide by 31.17. 12% is coming out as long term capital gain. Uh, then we got, uh, ooh, select computers. Uh, $10.4 is coming out. It was trading at uh, $102. I'm just curious to see if they select computers. Let's see what that's doing here. Computers. All right, computer right there. And that's trading at ooh, 92.37. So that one's 10 Point four divided by nine two point three seven eleven point two five percent of that portfolio is coming out as long-term capital gain thankfully it's long-term and not short-term that's good uh so that consumer staple not much there uh four dollars in a construction and home portfolio. So that's about eight percent dividend distribute capital gain it keeps saying dividend capital gain distribution so pretty some pretty significant ones there my friends uh select health and about five bucks a share but yeah it's about four percent distribution rate select insurance portfolio seven dollars oh let me just see something real quick select insurance portfolio seven dollars per share and right now it's trading at uh 6598 uh 67 dollars divided by 65 98. Uh, that's ten point six percent of the portfolio is being distributed as long-term capital gain, which is good. Again, we want we want long-term capital gain. We don't want short-term capital gain. So that's what you see there. Now that's just Fidelity. And if I went to Vanguard, okay, so Vanguard capital gain distributions, uh, Vanguard capital gain distributions, two thousand eighteen. They had some funds in there as well. Uh, that were being distributed right here. And oops, I meant right there. Hold on just a second. And you know some of these funds are up to 10% again for Vanguard as well, my friend. So uh, let me just go back here. So uh, hold on just a second. There we go. Vanguard year-end fund distributions. And I just did a video on this as well. Uh, so, for instance, the, uh, the index funds, nothing but the uh, – uh, where was it right down oh, that's not what it was like that's 2013 I want 2018 uh, but they did have some pretty significant ones preliminary capital gain distributions uh, and uh, the capital opportunity fund had almost a 10% dividend capital gain distribution all uh, right capital gain div- dividend distribution capital gain distribution the capital opportunity fund uh, had some pretty significant capital gain distributions as well. The point about this, if you have a mutual fund and you're going to pay capital gain tax on it, you have some time in which to get out from that fund before you get hit with a tax, all right? It doesn't matter if it's Vanguard, it doesn't matter if it's Fidelity, it doesn't matter if it's USA. They all are going to have, or not all, a lot of them are going to have capital gain distributions, and a lot are going to be quite significant. Now, what happens if you bought a mutual fund for $100 a share uh, six months ago. All right. Now it's trading at $100 a share. So you got $100 a share six months ago and it's still trading $100 a share. What happens if you own the capital opportunity fund with Vanguard, for instance, and it has a 10% distribution amount? Guess what? You bought it at $100, still trading at $100. You're going to get a $10 per share capital gain taxable distribution to you Again, a long-term capital gain, a portion will be short-term capital gain as well. How much will be either, I just don't know. But you're going to get hit with that. That is a fact. So that might be something to say, forget that. I'm going to sell my fund before the date of record. The date of record is when you pay the distribution, or when you are on record in order to pay the distributions. All right. So you want to say, I don't want to have that fund. Now, if you have a long-term gain on your own, though, and you sell the fund, you will pay distributions on it. You're going to pay taxable distributions for sure. But if you don't have one, if you bought it at 100 and it's still trading at 100, you are only going to have capital gain distributions of nothing because you bought it at 100 and it's still trading at 100. But if you hold the fund until the X date, the date of record, where they pay their distributions at $10 a share, even though you only bought it at a hundred, even if it's trading at a hundred, you're going to get taxable on that amount. I just, I cannot stress that enough. A lot of people don't, don't listen to that. And I am telling you right now, that is a big deal. So if I were you, I'd be looking at funds. They're going to pay pretty significant dividend and, and or capital gain distributions. Absolutely. And then with the, what I start doing with those funds, I start saying, can I sell this myself without incurring a big investment fee, a big hit or fee as well. And if I can, uh, will that help me to avoid the capital gains that can be paid out, and/or the dividends that can be paid out at the end of the year as well? Now, a lot of funds, stock funds, only pay dividends once a year. Some will pay quarterly, but a lot of them will pay the dividends once a year as well. And if you can avoid those two, you should. And I'll, in a different episode, I'll go through a series on what you can do to avoid all this stuff in the future. But if you can avoid some of these things uh, in terms of dividends and/or capital gains by getting out of your fund before, I cannot stress this enough. Before you take capital gains on your own, you've got $100 as your cost basis. The fund is trading for $200. Don't sell that fund, that $100 long-term capital gain to you to avoid a $10 capital gain from the distribution. That doesn't make sense. But if you have a fund that's trading at 100 and you bought it for 100 sell that property, at least consider it, and put it into something that you can avoid getting the capital gains and dividends because nothing's going to change potentially. You now you'd have to look this at your own stuff for sure, but relatively speaking, if you can avoid taking a missing out on the capital gain and or dividend distribution without creating your own, uh, that'd be a beneficial thing for you. So. I hope this helps. I know there's a lot to chop on there, but there's a lot going on when it comes to tax, man, for sure. And if you're not paying attention to this, you've got to pay attention because you will get a 1099 and you're going to have to pay tax on that. And if you don't pay tax on it and you get audited, you're not only going to have to pay tax on it, but you're also going to have to pay penalties for not paying tax on it to begin with. And all this stuff just hurts your portfolio. Lastly, ETFs can can accomplish a lot here that mutual funds can't. We know that for a fact. ETFs are much, much more tax favorable than mutual funds. Thus, if you have the choice between a mutual fund and an ETF, go with the ETF. It's just as much more favorable from a tax perspective. As always, if you like what you see here, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, I mean, give me the five star rating on the on the Apple iTunes or I don't even know where this goes, Anchor, Stitcher, all those various places you listen, Google Play, uh, share with your friends. Just keep a lookout on your non-IRA, non-401K accounts and what the tax uh, consequences are going to be as you go forward. And we'll see you next time on the Josh Scanlon Podcast. Thanks, guys.